This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everyone. This is the Meaningful Sport Podcast, and I am your host, Nora Ronkainen. Meaningful Sport is a series of discussions on the why and how involvement in sport and physical activity can be an important part of a life worth living. If you are interested in the theme, you might also want to check out MeaningfulSport.com. There you can find podcast show notes, read a blog, and access many resources for further explorations of Meaningful Sport. Welcome back to the second part of our conversation with Professor Kenneth Agerholm, where we explore the phenomenon of practicing in physical education. In the first part, which I recommend to listen to before this one, we explored Kenneth's work on creative performance in sport and made some initial remarks on why practicing is an important but overlooked dimension when we are seeking to understand the attraction and value of movement activities in our lives. But so in the second part, our conversation is then focused more specifically on the physical education context. Kenneth is professor at the Department of Teacher Education and Outdoor Studies at the Norwegian School of Sports Sciences. His work has explored various contexts, including youth sport, physical education, and adapted physical activity, often drawing from an existential philosophical perspective. Kenneth is also currently the president for the International Association for the Philosophy of Sport. Welcome back to the podcast, Kenneth. Uh, Looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Nora. Thanks again. So we made some nice uh, initial remarks in terms of what the phenomenon of practicing is and whether we are always practicing or is there some ways of uh, practicing better or worse, maybe. And so, as you argued at the beginning, that for us to have practicing as a useful concept when we work in physical education or sport context, we need to have some sense of some qualitative differences that not everything is just practicing. That doesn't help us to really work with it in some practical contexts. And so then together with your colleagues, you've proposed a practicing model for physical education. We could maybe first contextualize it in terms of what are the different models that your model is an alternative to? What are the different ways that we have to approach physical education? And then we can start kind of building in into what the practicing model could look like. Yeah, sure. Maybe a starting point could be, uh, uh, I mentioned in in, uh, the first part that Sloterdijk makes this, uh, Peter Sloterdijk, the the German philosopher, um, makes this claim that uh, none of the existing theories are capable of of grasping this phenomenon of of practicing. So Sloterdijk, he discusses Hannah Arendt and her um, account of Vita Activa, where he describes how her categories of the active life, the labor of animal laborants, uh, where you take care of your biological needs and uh, the work by Homo faber, where you uh, try and bring forth or produce artificial things, or um, the action, the, the pr- plurality of human expression that, that she uh, 
describes how neither of uh, those three are capable of neither of those can um, can describe practicing now uh, senate might disagree uh, he tried to um, include uh, craftsmanship and practicing uh, as a way of refining the account of homo faber uh, so he he was trying to revise that into including uh, practicing but but Slodijk is, is more um, he he describes how um, Practicing is kind of a category that transcends these uh, three areas of uh, of human activity. And then I, I thought it was interesting to see um, approaches to physical edu- education, accounts of learning and uh, activity in in physical education, because uh, I think those are very, if not similar, then uh, comparable uh, to the the three categories in uh, in Hannah Arendt's uh, account of feet activa. So you have the labor that would be the health and exercise oriented uh, physical education, where you uh, try and uh, and uh, improve the fitness of your physical body, take care of the biological needs. Um, mm-hmm perhaps uh, prolong your life. Then you have the work category of, of Arendt uh, represented by um, the sport and game-oriented uh, physical education where you uh, seek to develop skills, sporting abilities to be able to perform well in in sports. And the action category of Arendt can be represented by the experience and exploration uh, approach to physical education. You uh, focus on bodily ex- experiences uh, expression interaction with uh, with others so i think um i'm i'm, I'm not entirely settled on uh, whether um practicing can be uh, or, or should be interpreted as as part of uh, the experience and exploration dimension and uh, or uh, in the same way if, if it uh, should be part of the sport and game oriented uh, physical education uh, you can practice uh, skills right and and exploration is uh, and experience is definitely part of of practicing uh, but we yeah with uh, with three colleagues i um I, I did a paper where we we tried to uh, describe practicing as a um, as a particular form of uh, activity in physical education that deserves uh, attention in in its own right and not just mm-hmm. as a subcategory of uh, of the others um, yeah so let's run through these qualities that are part of the practicing model yeah well it's uh, i mean um, practicing uh, as we discussed in in the first part it's really simple right you you uh, repeat some kind of activity in order to improve what you're able to do so it's uh, it's really elementary and 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 simple but then we uh, we wanted to um to kind of refine the understanding of what does it mean to uh, or what's it like to to be practicing which i think or at least i hope that uh, that'll um, make it easier for teachers to work with students practicing so we we outlined phenomenology of uh, practicing where we describe some uh, central elements of the experience of practicing. So we have uh, first agency, which is kind of fundamental uh, part of uh, practicing, uh, so that everything is not practicing, uh, although uh, some philosophers might argue that uh, that we cannot not practice. Um, but I think uh, practicing in- involves some kind of, uh, of agency, some awareness of uh, being practicing. Practicing also, uh, let me just go very briefly uh, through yeah. them. We, we mm-hmm. can discuss some of them. Uh, 
we, we argue that uh, practicing uh, or we describe how practicing involves uh, content. You're practicing something, uh, some form of movement or activity. There's a goal in practice. So you, you practice towards something. Not that it has to be a specific goal. It can be uh, some movement that you observed and uh, that you're drawn uh, into uh, try and imitate. Um, so, but there, there is some uh, some goal in in practicing. Not the, and and that doesn't make practicing in, instrumental. It just enables the activity of practicing. But it is a goal directed uh, activity. And then there's a verticality of practicing, and I think this is uh, important. And and it's not meant in any uh, elitist or exclusive uh, sense, but it's it's very elementary. When you practice, you you try and improve what you do. This uh, verticality is central and it's also not very... Uh, teachers have to assess uh, students in physical education, right? Uh, so uh, there is some elementary understanding of some ways of doing or moving or working with your movement are better than others. So um, you can say that practicing is a way of engaging in, in that uh, vertical tension. And so um, there's also some kind of effort uh, involved in practicing. It's uh, it's not always just uh, pleasant. You're, you're uh, trying to improve. Uh, you have to make an, an effort. And there's an element of, of discipline in, uh, in practicing. Those verticality and effort, those draw very much on, on the, the philosophy of, uh, of Sloterdijk. But then there's also the... Um, element that we describe as uh, uncertainty. That's uh, here we, we draw more on um, German philosophers, uh, philosophers of, of education, uh, Bolnau and uh, also Malte Brinkmann, who's uh, a professor at Humboldt University and who's uh, doing uh, very interesting work on practicing in, in education that I've been inspired by. Uh, he just published a new book last year on uh, the return of practicing which is unfortunately only in, in German so far. Um, but but uh, uncertainty of practicing, that that's, uh, he, he argues that um, he focuses uh, very much on the um, negativity of e experience involved in, in practicing. You're, you're practicing, um, when you're practicing, you're practicing something you're not yet able to do. Nicht können, non-ability. So uh, th there has to be some kind of uncertainty involved in practicing because you're not just repeating what you have already done. You're, you're, you're trying to do something new, trying to Im improve your movement. So you, you can't be sure if, if you're going to be able to do it after you've practiced. Um, mm -hmm. you've, um, yeah, so this engagement in what you're not yet able to do, that's a, a sweet tension in, involved in, uh, in practicing, which we describe as, as the un uncertainty. And then uh, the, the last, uh, but perhaps the most important uh, part of practicing is uh, repetition. You have to repeat in order to uh, improve what you, what you do. So these active, forward-directed repetitions are a central part of practicing. Yeah, there are many dimensions to explore further out pick up for a moment this idea of negativity that, for example, Malte Brinkman has worked with. And we had the pleasure to work together on this project where we looked at discontinuous forms of learning or existential learning in youth sport. But in this work, we focused on kind of these big discontinuities in young people's lives. So a serious injury or change of teams or unexpected success in a competition or these kind of 
bigger ruptures that mm. maybe challenge you to understand yourself and your world in a different way. Whereas this practicing phenomenon in a way is a continuous process. So it's something that you practice your skills, for example, in youth sport every day or in physical education you practice. But there is this small sense of discontinuity also in this more continuous process of practicing. Yeah, well, that that's interesting because if, if you look at the the philosophy of Peter Sloterdijk, then then uh, he, he would focus mostly on um, continuity and on the habit formation, the improvement of what you're able to do. And, and I think um, practicing has to involve some kind of continuity. I've I've uh, described it uh, in in various places as the building up of good habits. When you practice, you you form yourself as uh, you, you you may uh, develop uh, skills uh, and refine your ways of doing things, but you also uh, form yourself in a broader sense as a as a moving person. And I think um, the concept of habit is uh, important in uh, understanding the value of of uh, practicing because you you form habits. Uh, habits can be good and bad, right? We all have bad habits. Uh, I drink too much coffee. Uh, not the worst habit, maybe. Mm-hmm. I have I have others that I'm not going to tell you about now. Uh, but but habits can be good and bad, and uh, practicing uh, is a way of, of forming good habits. And um, I, I often think of uh, John Dewey, who was uh, close to uh, describing uh, uh, or, or to to analyzing uh, practicing. Uh, now, uh, practicing is difficult in, in English, right? It's not uh, easily translatable from uh, üben or Irving in the German and Scandinavian languages. So, uh, John Dewey doesn't explicitly uh, uh, discuss, as far as I know, doesn't explicitly discuss practicing, but his account of experience and uh, his principle of continuity, I think uh, th- those, are, those can uh, explain important parts of practicing. Uh, he has this example of uh, learning to play a piano. Uh, when you learn from the simplest uh, things to the more advanced ways of playing, then you uh, you grow meaning. You uh, you you have a richer meaning in uh, in playing the the piano. So this richer meaning of playing the piano, as you uh, grow your your habits of of doing that, uh, involves some uh, continuity. You you build on. Uh, what you've already done, and so so I think um, there is some uh, continuity in, in practicing. You 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 build upon uh, what you're able to do before, but at the same time, um, I think uh, Malte Brinkmann is uh, is correct in uh, saying that you can only practice what you're not able to do, and therefore there is some uh, there there must be some discontinuity involved in it uh, you have to engage in things that you're not able to do and and it can uh, it may go as, as you planned or hoped and expected but it's, you can't be certain that it does so um, practicing can be a more or less discontinuous uh, experience as well yeah, our friend Senia Heber Larsen, when she's using Senate to look at these uh, practices of parkour practitioners, and you also worked on this together and wrote together on on parkour, and so the sense that once the parkour practitioners have tackled a problem that they identified in the environment, when they get the sense that now they've mastered 
this skill in this context, then they go somewhere else and they find a new problem, which is something that they cannot do. Exactly. So, this sense, so there is always finding new and more difficult things that you cannot do. Yeah, exactly. I, I often think of, of those discussions with Sina, uh, and we, we did a paper on uh, Pakua's acrobatics. Uh, I often think of uh, the the model uh, that Sina uh, introduced, where, uh, which describes how how these um, Pakua practitioners they they, uh, they uh, seek challenges and then they try and break them, and then they uh, clean them, seek to. Uh, to perfect the ways of, of performing it. Uh, and I, I think that that's uh, we describe it as kind of a spiral where, where you, um, and, and I often think that uh, that's uh, the essence of my understanding of, uh, of practicing. Some um, have, well, when I discuss it with uh, people, some, some are worried about the verticality of, uh, of practicing and that it's kind of uh, an elitist or exclusive uh, phenomenon. Uh, but I, I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's, uh, it's very dynamic and uh, it's very elementary. We, we discussed in the first part how uh, the joy of transitioning from uh, from some, something less perfect to something more perfect can be uh, uh, quite uh, an uh, elementary joy in, in, in practicing. I, I think this dynamic of uh, these parkour practitioners who, who go to sites, they seek challenges, which uh, is kind of based on their bodily relation to, to the environment, right? Uh, you, you have some sense of what you're able to do, and then you seek challenges in the environment that are what, I, I guess, what Kretschmer would, would say, they're just right challenges. Uh, it's something that you, you're not able to do, but it, it's somehow possible for you to, uh, to engage with it uh, without hurting yourself too much or having to leave in despair because you have no chance to, uh, to do it. So, so, um, these um, challenges that you then try and, and break, that's kind of constructive and dynamic uh, relation to, to your environment, uh, ways of working on, on uh, being able to do the tricks that, uh, or the kind of movements that, that they, they do. And, and then um, they clean it after, uh, after they break the challenges, uh, after they are able to do it, that they do it again and again in order to, to try and... Um, and refine it and uh, and perfect it. And then the important point that I really like is that they don't keep doing it. It's not like uh, they perfect the movement and then they're satisfied and then they uh, they experience mastery and they go home. <laughs> Maybe they go home, but then they go out again and, and seek new challenges because it's not like perfection is an end where you can finally rest in peace and you don't have to do parkour anymore. That, that's not the point, right? Mm. The point is to uh, continuously seek new challenges, new ways of, yeah, in, in uh, I mentioned Dewey earlier, uh, new ways of finding meaning in, uh, in the environment, uh, perhaps more refined ways of, of finding meaning based on, on the, the bodily relation to, to the world. I think uh, that that's kind of, I, I think that that process is uh, is illustrative of um, how I imagine uh, practicing to be uh, a valuable part of engagements uh, or activities in, in many contexts, and not least in in physical education. There's also uh, the element of um, 
practicing here. If I am able to, uh, just hypothetically, Nora, if I'm able to do uh, a very difficult trick, if the two of us are out in the parking lot in front of Norwegian School of Sports Science, and I'm able to do a, a very difficult trick, then it doesn't uh, exclude you from uh, from doing that trick or experiencing uh, meaning in, in the parking lot. On the contrary, it's... Uh, it enriches your uh, opportunities to to find meaning in uh, in our parkour session because you, you can uh, you can look at me and my extraordinary ways of uh, of moving and and get inspiration from that and try and imitate and uh, try and uh, and do the difficult stuff I I do and I have to repeat this is very hypothetical uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I hope you you get, you get the the point that. Uh, it's uh, not a zero-sum game when, when we uh, engage in, in the, a process of practicing. We, we can uh, benefit from, uh, from each other, uh, yeah, uh, seek mm -hmm. inspiration from, from each other. Yeah, I think where you now left off gives us like really nice connection to the broader discussions about meaningful experiences in physical education. And I had the pleasure to talk to Scott Kretschmar earlier this year, and he's clearly one of the scholars who has written about this for decades and, and challenging some of the dominant approaches to physical education and why he doesn't consider them to be promoting meaningful experiences. And then, of course, we have the later work, the Meaningful PE team with Deirdre Nikroinen and Tim Fletcher and their colleagues, also doing loads of work in these past few years into deepening our understanding of this, these meaningful experiences. And so how do you see that your practicing work, the drawing on the concept of practicing, how does it connect to these broader debates about meaningful experience in physical education and how can teaching practices work towards these goals? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I've been following um, the debates you mentioned, and actually, Stephanie Benny is newly uh, employed at our department. So I look very much forward to learning much more about uh, meaningful physical education from uh, from her. So um, I'm still uh, reading my way into uh, meaningful physical education literature, but what I observed so far is that uh, they they draw a lot on, on uh, Scott Kretschmer and, he, and his work and that's been a, a great source of inspiration for me as well. And I think um, maybe if, if I were to venture some uh, describing how, how practicing can uh, contribute in these understandings of, of meaning and what, what is meaningful for students in physical education, I think it would, it would be uh, it would concern the um, dynamic understanding of meaning, meaning as something that can grow. Scott Kretschmer has, has this uh, lovely uh, phrase that the good stuff in, uh, in physical education, where we engage in uh, the delightful, meaningful ways, that comes from uh, growing playgrounds. Our delight in moving doesn't uh, come by testing uh, various uh, things that we're introduced to. It's by dwelling in some activities uh, where we grow playgrounds. And I think that the account that we uh, try to outline of, of practicing is very compatible with, uh, with that idea of, of uh, growing playgrounds. There is, uh, in, the, in the literature, the, the value of challenges is, uh, is often uh, highlighted. And, and I think uh, 
challenging experiences uh, can be extremely meaningful. But I think uh, that importantly, um, in order to be meaningful, uh, you have to include repetition. You have to uh, uh, include, uh, I mean, just being challenged by something, uh, I don't think that's uh, meaningful in itself, but repeating the same challenge maybe in order to break that challenge as a parkour uh, practitioner would, would say that's where you you uh, when you uh, learn from the challenges you, you grow from challenges i think um Ponty has this uh, notion that uh, we're condemned to meaning because we're bodily engaged in the world and uh, the world is meaningful uh, in our immediate tacit experience uh, of it i think that by practicing you you can uh, grow playgrounds in the sense that you you grow ways of moving that can contribute to uh, refine revise the kind of meaning that you uh, you perceive in your surroundings uh. so scott kretschmer's idea of growing these playgrounds seems something that is also quite compatible with this idea of practicing the concept of practicing and so Basically, through practicing, we engage with these things that we can't do. So we already discussed there is this tension between continuity on one hand and then the necessary discontinuity in terms of trying to do something new and try to explore movements that we actually can't do at the beginning before we engage with them. And so then in this sense, in your work with this practicing idea is that we can explore our horizon And perhaps this is then a way to also expand our potentialities for meaning, for a var- variety of meanings in movement. Yeah, I think um, th- this um, Kretschmer frames this uh, notion of uh, growing playgrounds as, as a contrast to uh, entertaining or uh, just introducing various activities uh, to students. And it's um, in, in the literature, it's often discussed as uh, multi-activity a- approaches where you You have a lot of uh, different forms of activities that you have to uh, include in in, uh, in physical education, so uh, the students are just briefly introduced to the activities. I think um, this notion of growing playgrounds and practicing with, with the repetitions that are necessary to grow meaning and learn uh, ways of moving, improve your ways of moving, that requires another approach you can't have too many activities if you want to dwell and actually grow meaning in the activities so there is this discussion about variation versus going in depth so you can there's a phrase that's often used that physical education is a mile wide and an inch deep so i think practicing would be a way to go deeper engage with uh, with activities uh, and and uh, and go deeper enrich your your way of experiencing meaning and being able to to move in those uh, activities yes thank you kenneth i think this is it has given me a lot to think about i think it will be very interesting for our listeners as well and so what are your are you still developing these ideas around practicing further and is there something new that we can expect from you in this area i hope so i'm about to uh, engage in a paternity leave uh, from april so uh, 
don't expect too much in the next months, but uh, I, I really hope to, um, yeah, with, with my colleagues uh, to broaden and uh, and to uh, proceed with these uh, ideas of uh, of practicing in, in physical education. We published some papers. We um, explored it as good as we we've been able to, but I, I, I think uh, I, as I see it, we we we, we only just began. And I have a I have a PhD student at uh, Oslo Med that I'm co-supervising uh, Carl Emil Eskilsen and, and he's uh, he's doing some really interesting uh, studies on, on practicing in, in physical education and he, um, he he's exploring um, how difficult it is for teachers to uh, work with with practicing in practice and in his preliminary analysis he describes how uh, teachers have to loosen up uh, uh, they, they have to be open to lose control about the process because students are practicing in uh, very different ways and they can't observe how they they practice all the time and also how, how the the curriculum includes a lot of competence uh, goals that teachers have to to live up to and um, that Make some worry about uh, if there's time to to practice in the school subject. So <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to uh, to following his uh, his studies on on this and explore further how 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 we can uh, help teachers and students uh, find meaning in in physical education through through practicing. Yes, I think what I thought as well that you've done quite a lot of work on the conceptual foundation it will be quite exciting also to see the empirical studies using this concept mm. yeah exactly i also think we, we need more um, phenomenological studies of uh, of practicing uh, we, we made an outline of uh, phenomenology of practicing but i, I think uh, that could and and should be refined uh, by uh, qualitative studies of uh, ways of, of practicing, how people experience uh, practicing. That's definitely something I, I'd be uh, looking forward to uh, engaging with after the paternity leave. Yeah, excellent. So there is a lot to look forward to. But first, obviously, I hope you enjoy your time off from work. There'll definitely be a lot of practicing at home. <laughs> so Baby practicing. We'll, hear about, we'll hear about your practicing at home. Uh, when you get back to work. And so thank you so much for the conversation today, Kenneth. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Nora. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old-school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.